He's alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys get your chocolate bunnies yet? That's tomorrow. Yeah, because they're on sale. (laughs) 90% off tomorrow. Amen. God's so good. Amen. He's he's not joking. We're going to be going and getting them later too. So, Well, God's good. Amen. Well, listen, if you are visiting with us, thanks for coming today. If if this is your first time to be a part of uh, Easter service with us, uh, there's two things I want you to know about what's going on. First thing is we believe that Easter is the best Sunday in the year to become a follower of Christ. Amen? And so, listen, if you have never done that today at the end of the service, um, in fact, all of our services today, we're going to give you an opportunity to take that step uh, to follow Him. Uh, The second thing you need to know about Easter is that, um, about us today, is that we actually believe that Jesus literally and physically rose from the grave, amen? That he actually died and he rose again, amen? And, um, you know, we believe that he, he was buried and he was dead for three days and on Sunday he rose uh, from the dead. But the thing that makes it a little bit different maybe from maybe where you uh, grew up is that we actually believe the Bible, the Word of God, is absolute truth. And in the Bible... There are actual uh, witness accounts of him rising from the grave. And uh, we believe it because uh, Matthew, who uh, wrote the book of Matthew, you know, he, he uh, was a tax collector, the first century tax collector, and he became a Jesus follower. And he saw Jesus die and actually saw him after the re- resurrection, and he wrote about it. Mark was a, a Greek who followed um, uh, and hung around a lot of the followers of Jesus, and he traveled with Peter. He wrote about it, and he, he wrote about the uh, crucifixion and wrote about the resurrection of Jesus. Luke, who actually begins his gospel and talks about the life of, of the Lord, and, um, and he believed it. And John, who wrote many accounts of, of him and actually touched him and saw him after the resurrection, you know, he wrote about it, and he believed it, but probably the greatest eyewitness of all is James, the brother of Jesus, believed that Jesus, his brother, was the Son of God, and that he rose from the dead. And what would it take for your brother to convince you that he was the Son of God? You know, I have an older brother. And he always told me he was God. And I never believed it. And so really the thing about James is that before the resurrection, we never see anything really mentioned about him being a follower of Christ. You know why? Because he probably thought Jesus was a little crazy. His brother coming to him, I'm I'm the son of God. (laughs) Yeah, right, you know. But there's something happened. Because he probably thought that he was, but on Easter morning, Something changed. James, the brother of Jesus, he believed that Jesus was the Son of God because he saw his brother, who was once dead, now alive. Amen? And James, his own brother, believed. I believe that's one of the greatest eyewitness accounts of all for a brother to believe that. And that's what makes Easter such a big deal. It's a big deal. Amen? It's a big deal because Jesus died for us. He was punished for us. And now he is alive for us. He is living. He is a living God. You know, and that's a big deal. And there's another big deal about Easter is because 
of what Jesus did at the cross and, that, and being resurrected, he brought to this world a thing called hope. And I love that. And I love that I can have hope. And what is hope? Hope is a confident expectation based on something that is solid. Where everything else is moving, hope is an immovable force. And it's based on something solid. And a lot of people say it was blind faith. But as Christians, we don't have blind faith. Our faith is based on something solid. And what he brought into you and I today is something that's solid, that we can trust in, that we can bank on, that we can have, and we know it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And for most people, hope is something they do. But biblical hope, the hope that Jesus brought, is something that we have have we have it we can hold on to it we can grab it we can we can we can we have it inside of us you know in colossians chapter one says that jesus through his death and resurrection god made the decision to reveal a great mystery to you and i as believers that is christ in us the hope of glory And so this resurrection is not just a historical event. And the reason I believe it is not just because of the the accounts in the Bible. It's because I've experienced his resurrection power. It is a personal experience. Jesus is the resurrection and the what? The life. And everything Jesus touches is raised to life. In fact, that's the thing about resurrection power. It loves to take dead things and make them alive again. Amen? And that's the thing about it in our lives is that because he's, he rose from the dead, because that power is in us, it raises us up from the dead. It infuses us with hope. And that hope brings things to life. And that's what it does. So your dead dreams, the things that you think once was dead, maybe in your life, you know, you can be living, blood pumping through you and still live a, 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 just a life that's dead. But he can infuse you with life everlasting and so no matter where you're at in life no matter what's happening in your life jesus can infuse it with hope and bring life back to every situation i love that about the resurrection and that's that's the greatest thing because that resurrection power just didn't stop start and stop with jesus it is life giving it was the same power that how god created the earth created the universe created you and i he is doing that still today, and that's so awesome. And that's what's the big deal about Easter, is that because it will show us he brings hope into every situation in our life. And I want to give you an example of this. It's in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and it's talking about a, a, a Jesus going to a well and meeting the Samaritan woman. Now, the Samaritan woman was coming to the well, and she was coming, and just doing what she does but you got to understand the samaritans samaritans were a group of people that the jews looked down upon they weren't supposed to be a part of weren't supposed to talk to and so they in a sense could be in a sense called an outcast and so this lady is coming to this well not expecting and in a sense maybe that's what you're here today you're you're doing something you're coming to a place that you might do all the time. You might come here every Sunday. Or you might just say, well, I'm just going to go to church today. Because it's a thing to do. And so here's this Samaritan woman. And we find Jesus in John chapter 4. And he's walking through Samaria to meet a woman at a well. And it says that he had to go to Samaria, a region where the people are considered unclean and unfit for Jews to associate with. And Jesus was a Jew. 
And when he goes there, Jesus sits down at this well and he waits. And this woman comes about around noontime to draw water from this well to take it back to her home. And when she got there, Jesus asked her for a drink. And the woman came to the well and she, remember, she's Samaritan, but she's also female. For a Jew, and especially a Jewish rabbi like Jesus, to converse with her, with her, to talk to her, to even recognize her, was completely unexpected and unusual. But Jesus will always do this. He always intentionally makes his way towards people who we purposely ignore. So Jesus came to Samaria. Samaria to meet this woman and clearly she was deemed probably extremely important to God's eye eyes but however she was never mentioned in scripture we never mentioned I mean her name was never mentioned we don't know who she was and so when Jesus asked this woman for a drink she was surprised but probably a little suspicious and she was a little kind of maybe weirded out why are you talking to me you're a Jew. Why would you talk to me? And so this is the thing about Jesus. Because this woman has only experienced men taking from her. And so when Jesus asks something from you, he is always trying to get something in you. Trying to bring something to you. He wanted to give her something that she has never had before. And that is life. And so this woman responded to Jesus after he asked her for some water. And she responded to Jesus by asking him, why is he asking her for a drink? And he told her if she, if he knew, if she knew who he was, she would know that he was giving out living water and she would never thirst again. And she asked him, how would you do that? How would you give me living water? And you don't even have anything to draw water with. And all the woman could see was the fact that she didn't, he didn't, Jesus didn't have any bucket She didn't realize that Jesus didn't need a bucket or anything to draw water out of himself, that he was the living water, and he was the well to give access to life. You know, a lot of times in our attempt to find fulfillment and and satisfaction, we compartmentalize our lives into these buckets, this bucket of success or this bucket of relationships or this bucket of our families, and we try to fill them to find that joy in these different areas. And we can't do that there. But our lives are empty, not because we have the wrong bucket, it's because we're drinking from the wrong well. This woman has been drinking from the wrong, wrong well all the time. And I believe this is what Jesus was wanting us to find out in this story. And perhaps we don't know her name because that wasn't the point. The point was that We need to focus on who Jesus was and what he came to offer us. See, Jesus didn't come to Samaria to fill this woman's bucket, but to introduce her to a different well. It's in the same way Jesus doesn't ask us to change our lives or anything. He asks us to start drinking out of of a different well in our lives. And through the cross, the crucifixion, his death and resurrection, God is wanting fill us up with that living water. And a lot of times we're full of worry and we're afraid. And it's because we've been drinking water out of a well that's contaminated with fear and worry and rejection. Matthew 6.28 says this, And why do you worry about your clothes? 
See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. See, this is the hope of Easter, is when you and I get into the right well and start drinking out of the living water, which is Jesus, there is hope for tomorrow. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to regret because of what Jesus did years ago on the cross. And he rose again. He brought us hope that nothing else could bring. No religion, no working and doing it of ourselves. Because that's what we try to do. We try to take our own buckets and we try to fill them with water so we can find fulfillment. And it never works. And we go from one well, from one place to another place. What God wants us to do is to drop our buckets and start drinking from the living water that is in the well of Jesus Christ. And so you came here today and I believe you're here for a purpose. And you came here here today and you're you you're thinking you're coming to one well and you're trying to find fulfillment listen i'm going to point you to the right well and that well is jesus and he will fill you with hope for your life he will fill you and infuse you with life everlasting where you will not ever die again amen that's the will of jesus amen and that's the hope he brings and that's the hope of easter And this is the type of hope that he brings. And the first thing that he brings, Jesus gives me hope for yesterday's mistakes. When I drink out of that well, you know, it's it's not a well of condemnation. And that's what religion brings. And that's what that's what the Samaritan woman was feeling. She was feeling condemned because of her birth, who she was born to. She was feeling condemned by what she did and what she had and who she had and what has how she's been abused. But listen, let me tell you what. God does not condemn you. John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And I love what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, Though you were dead because of your sins, then God made you alive in Christ. He forgave all your sins. And look what he says in verse 14. Because a lot of us need this today. And when you're drinking out of the well, that is Jesus Christ and what he came to give you, it, your past is gone. There is no more regret. Amen? And this is what he says. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. And he remembered them no more. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to the cross of Christ. Amen? I love that. That my past is gone. When I drink from that well, that living water, it is wiped clean. There is no regret in Jesus Christ. Amen? No matter if you messed up, and most of you did just yesterday, you probably did coming in here cussing at the rain. Because you saw some snowflakes. This is Easter. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. No regrets. Can you imagine your life with no regrets? So many of us are stuck. Because we've been, I, listen, there's, there's two groups of people here. There's ones who have given their life to Christ. There's ones who haven't. But we're, sometimes we go and drink from a well that says you're going to be punished for what you did in the past. And you keep on thinking about the stuff that you did. Let me tell you something. You're drinking from a wrong well. 
I grew up in the country. We had a well, and when it didn't rain, you had to, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't use a lot of water because what happens when that well goes low, dirty water starts coming up. Jesus says to this woman, you'll never thirst again. That well never runs dry. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just listen, if you're feeling regret today, start drinking from the right well. Some of you may need just to start to do that. That's your beginning. You've never done it before. Some of you that are believers that you've done that before, but you started stepping out and going to another well, and you're drinking from the well of regret. Stop it. God is here today. And you're just like the Samaritan woman. You just came here because it was the thing to do. You were invited because someone promised you roast beef after service today. Jesus is sitting here saying, I have something better for you to drink. There's no regret. So Jesus gives us hope for yesterday's mistakes. Number two, Jesus gives me hope for today's challenges. All of us are going through some things probably in some way. Some more than others, but you know in your life this year, you'll go through and walk through challenges. But the thing about it is, is like Paul says, these afflictions are only for a moment. We don't go through stuff alone with Jesus he gives me hope for today because he can understand what I'm going through. He can relate with what I'm going through because he went through them too. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, he says this, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, you and I. And the thing about it is, his, his name is above, far above any ruler or authority. You know what that's telling me? No matter what I can name, no matter if I can name depression, no matter if I can name lack, or whatever it is, relationship problems, no matter what, he is bigger than that, and he will get me through it. And we can walk through it together. I can, I can fear no evil when I walk through the shadow, the, the valley of death. I'll fear no evil. Why? Because he goes with me and he empowers me. And that's the hope that he brings. When I come to his well, there is power, there's authority, there's, there's wisdom, there's a leading of Christ. And, and he gives me hope for today's troubles, for today's challenges. And that's the thing, and that's, that's what I love about being a believer, that there is no worries in Christ Jesus. Amen? There's no regrets and there is no worries. I don't have to worry about these things that are going on around me because he is my God and he will lead me through them every single time for those who believe. I love what it says in the first part of this. I also pray that you will understand. This is Paul telling us that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. 
the incredible greatness. Think about that. That means the same resurrection. Do you think Jesus was having a bad day on the cross? We call it Good Friday. It wasn't good for him. Can you imagine him dying? And that same resurrection power that was poured out to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power he pours out into you and I to raise us back to life when we're born again. And that continues. And I love it. See, it's, it's, it's so awesome that we have that. So that's why Paul says these afflictions are only for a moment because we're just going through. And I love the, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys remember that? They were thrown into a fiery furnace. They came out not even smelling like smoke because that's the power of the resurrection. And see, us as believers... We have that, amen? And we just need, what did Paul say? For us who believe it. Believe him. Believe in that power, the resurrection. Because there's hope today in that. Because this is what happens. Not only sometimes the regret of our past hurts us, but even the disappointments of today brings us over into another well. The hurt and the problems. Drink from where he is at. Keep your eyes on Jesus, what the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen? And number three, Jesus does this. He gives us hope for tomorrow's promises. Jesus gives us hope for tomorrow's promises. You know, there's over 3,000 promises in the word that's concerning you and I. And they're all ours. His his promise, they're yes and amen. Amen, we have them. You know, one of my favorite scripture verses, Jeremiah 29, 11, this is what it says. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I love that. See, the thing about it is, if Jesus died and he rose again and it was only for the purpose of giving us eternal life in heaven and it had nothing to do that with here on earth, that would be great, but that's not what he did. He gave us eternal life in heaven, but it was for his kingdom here now on this earth. It's for us now. Eternal life began when I gave my life to Jesus. It doesn't begin when I die and go to heaven. Eternal life is now. Isn't that one of the greatest prayers that almost everyone knows in the world? And it's called the model prayer in your Bible. And as Jesus says, our Father, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in where? heaven it is for today those promises everything that god did was not just for me to have eternal life and play a harp in heaven which is not going to happen anyway it's for now his kingdom everything that he died for us for is to be placed now basically what he did was to restore all things to where God wanted it to be created, what he created us for being. And us just to walk in and to continue to drink from that well that he has. So he says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Amen. So his hope, Jesus gives me hope for tomorrow's promises. 
I love that. In John chapter 11, Jesus is going to a family. One of his friends died named Lazarus. And Martha, his sister, is there, and she's just given up. If you would have you know, been here earlier, because he's already in the grave. And Jesus says to her in verse 25 of John 11, he says, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And he says, do you believe this, Martha? See, he's the resurrection and life, and he wants to bring dead things to life again. And that's in every area of my life. He wants to bring what's dead to life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? Hope for tomorrow's promises. There's promises that God has for you that he wants to give you hope for today. And as we drink from that well, man, those things are going to come alive in you. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 16 says this in the message. Listen to this. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the, the coming good times, the lavish celebrations prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but, we th- the, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So no matter where you're at in Christ, Jesus, there is hope in him. He brings us hope for the future. No matter what you're going through right now, God can infuse you with a hope that's real and it's life-changing, and he wants you to grab hold on that. That's something you can grab hold on and start living and walking in. So let's start drinking from a different well and get filled with the hope that comes from God. And so take your bucket of your life and all the stuff that you've been trying to feel and trying to find you know, joy in and trying to work it out yourself and drink from the living water where you'll never thirst again. And that's the great thing about being a believer. And that's what he, he gave to us today, that we can be a follower of Christ because of the resurrection, that I will never thirst again. Because why? He is all that we need. Having Christ in you is the hope of glory, and that hope is worth having. And you may have believed in the past, but some reason you've kind of went away from that well, and you've been drinking in a well that's contaminated, and you've gotten fear and worry back inside of you. But today on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, you can make a decision to allow that hope to rise up into you again by giving your life to him completely and drink from the living water. So you may be a believer in here, but you've just lost hope. Well, guess what's happened? You went back to a contaminated well. In Jesus Christ, there's hope for you today. Grab onto that. Because I believe you're here for a reason. I believe God looked at the beginning of time and knew that you would be sitting in that seat right now. Just as he saw the Samaritan woman at noontime coming to that well to draw water. See, Jesus, there was providence in that. He knew she was going to be there. 
just like he knew that you would be here this morning on Easter Sunday. So you may be a follower of Christ, but because of the disappointments in this world, it's taking you away from drinking from the right well. Draw near to him today. He's saying to you, all is not lost. All is not lost. Grab hold of him right now. And give him back everything. Lay down your buckets. Lay down your control. And give him everything in your life. Come back and drink from that well. And allow his peace, his power to breathe life into every situation. Do that today. You're here for a purpose. And he wants to let you know it's not lost. He gives you hope. You don't have to worry about the past. Yeah, you made a mistake. You might have screwed up. It's okay. Today's a new day, amen? Allow that resurrection power to say no, to breathe new life into you, to breathe new life into your relationships, to breathe new life into the dreams you thought were gone, to bring new life into the ministry that God has for you, to breathe new life into your business, to bring new life into your job. Allow the resurrection power to do that. There are some here today that you've never believed. And Jesus is standing here today. He's been waiting for you to come today. To come here so he can show you living water and what living water is. And he says, I'm the one that you've been looking for. I have loved you all of your life. I have followed every step that you've ever made. And I've always been here just waiting for the time that you would say yes and start drinking from the right well again. And it's time to drink from that right well and to receive real life, real hope, and real love. And he wants to come into your life and he wants to infuse you with hope because you've been living this life and you know there is nothing that's made you satisfied. You've been empty on the inside. And you're even sitting here today and you're saying, there must be something new. There must be something else in this world. There must be more to this life. And you're not here because of accident or because someone just invited you. You are here for a purpose. God knew you were going to be here. And he's sitting right here. And wanting you to drink from the right well. Give him that opportunity to do that. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray for every person in here today. And I want to give you an opportunity to just give your life to the Lord right where you're at. Say, yes, God, just like that lady did, because this is what happened to her. She drops her bucket, and she runs to her town to tell everyone what Jesus did for her because her life was forever changed. She found acceptance. She found love. She found passion. She found purpose and that's what god wants to infuse in you today so if you could bow your heads and close your eyes and no one looking around those who are believers today you've given your life to the lord just come back to that well you've been worried if you've been afraid if you've been feeling regret listen drink from that and allow the lord to infuse you with hope again Some of you might be on 
the last leg of your marriage, listen, don't give up. Don't give up. Some of you have felt alone and felt rejected. Don't give up. Don't stop. You've been hurt. You've had pain. Listen, allow the Lord to fill you right now with hope. And I pray that, Lord Jesus, right now, fill every one of us with that hope that you bring. And Father God, we, we don't have to worry about what happened to our past any longer. And Father God, whatever is going on with us, the troubles, the pain, the heartache, God, you are there in the midst, and we draw near to you, and we drink from your well, and we just receive what you have today because we know there's hope for tomorrow and that tomorrow is going to be better today because you answer prayers. So right now, where you're at right now, just give him whatever you've been worried about. Give him your buckets of pain and hurt and disappointment. Give it to him and allow him to give you living water into those little areas of your life. There are those here today that you've never given your life to the Lord. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means that we need him. And Jesus didn't come just to make everyone happy. He came to save people, to change their lives. And he's here right now, one in you. Just, you're like that Samaritan woman. He wants to bring something to you right now, eternal life. He wants to bring his kingdom in you and bring hope in you right now. And you've been sitting there and you know you're empty inside. You know you need something more. Give your life to Jesus. And this is what I want to do. I want to pray with you right where you're at. The Bible says when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. That means you're going to drink from the well and you're going to give him opportunity to do resurrection power in you right now, to bring life to you. And so if that's you right now, he says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I, I need something more. I don't understand it all, but I need to give my life to him. You may not understand that, but you know he's asking for a drink. He's there trying to communicate to you. He's knocking on your door of your heart and saying, let me in. Let him in today. And this is how you do that. We're going to pray with you. And if you want to do that, with no one looking around, I want you to raise your hand and you can put your hand down once you raise it. And I want to pray with you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Anybody else? It's Pastor Sean. That's me. I want to I want to give my life to Jesus right now. I want to give him everything. I want, I want to be filled with that living water. Just raise your hand right now, wherever you're at. Okay. Anybody else? It's Pastor Sean. That's me. I want to give him everything today. This is the greatest day for you to do this on Easter Sunday, the Sunday we celebrate his resurrection. And he gave us the opportunity to do this. Every one of us has to come to this place in our lives. If that's you and says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give him everything. Just raise your hand one more time. Anybody else in here? Okay. All of us. Okay. You can put your hands down. This is what I want to do. I want to pray with you. And I want you to do this. I want everyone in this room to do this. I want you to repeat after me this prayer. I want you to say it aloud. And the Bible says, when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. And what saved means, means is that he's going to infuse you with life. He's going to give you a new life. Today is the greatest do-over that you'll ever have. You get to do life again. 
and the way it was always meant to be. By saying this prayer and committing your life to Jesus, he's going to come in you. He's going to flood you with his love and forgiveness. And he's going to start you on a journey that you will never, ever regret. The greatest thing you'll do. In fact, from, from, that, from this day forward, you're going to always mark this day on your calendar as the day I began a new life. I did this back in 1983, and I remember the day in August of 1983 that I gave my life to the Lord. And I've never regretted that, never looked back and said, I wish I would have done something. I'm so happy that I gave my life to Jesus because it's been the greatest journey. Let's pray right now. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. And those who raise your hand, and even if you didn't, mean this with all your heart, and Jesus is going to come in. He's going to save you right where you're at, right there. So let's pray. Say, Father God, I come to you right now, and I lay all my buckets down. I lay all control of my life down, and I give it to you. And I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. So I might be saved. He took my punishment for all of all my wrongdoings. He took it upon himself. He took everything that was meant for harm for me. So I might live. So I give you my life. And I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward... I will live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen. Amen. Listen, those who raised your hand, and any of you didn't, but you meant that prayer, the Bible says now you have been made righteous. You say, Sean, all I did was pray a prayer. That's all you needed to do. You made a commitment to him to follow him. And that's all he asked. He did everything for you and I. We couldn't do it ourselves. That's the great thing about Easter. That's why Easter's a big deal. He did it all, and we just receive it. It is a free gift of God. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen? Amen. Listen, I want everyone to get out your bulletins right now, and you can start filling out your connection card. If you gave your life to Christ, I really need you to listen to me. This is so important. Remember, I said this is a decision to live a life. You made a decision, and we want to help you walk that decision out, okay? So this is what I need you to do. I need you to fill out that connection card to its fullest. And on the connection card is a box that says, I gave my life to Jesus. I want you to check that box on that connection card. And when the offering plates go by here in just a moment, I want you to put that connection card in the offering plate because this is what we're going to do. We want to help you along this journey. We all needed this. What are the next steps for you? And we want to help you with that because a lot of things you may not fully understand what happened, and we want to let you know and give you some materials so you can read to know what happened today. Because this was the greatest thing that you could ever have done. is start drinking from the right well. And that is Jesus, okay? So fill it out. And this week, we're going to be praying for you. And we're going to send you some information on what you need to do now. What are the next steps for you to enjoy the life of God? To have this kingdom of God living right now in you. Amen?
Amen. Isn't Easter great? Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen. Amen. Come on, Bill. Let's close out our service.